Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So on today's episode of the podcast, I have a special guest. Her name is Okoma Morono Schreiner, and we talk about how to develop your child's money mindset. So this episode is for all the Clever Girl moms or moms-to-be and even the dads who listen to this podcast. Um, And I thought it was important to do because I am also a mom and one of my biggest priorities is raising my children, my twins, to be financially responsible adults. And so Okoma talks to us about a ton of really great insights on, you know, raising your children and teaching them about money. And a little bit more about Okoma, she is a mother of two, a personal finance nerd, and a corporate finance attorney, and she loves helping parents and children grow interest in their money. She's also the founder of the Happy Lawyer Project, and most recently, the author of the children's book, The Missing Money Monsters. And on this episode, we talked about why she's passionate about financial wellness for kids. We talked about how she learned about money as a child and how it contributed to her having a scarcity mindset. We talked about building financial confidence in your children, how she teaches her kids about money, tips for moms to help teach their children about money, and the inspiration for her new book, which I just mentioned, which is called The Missing Money Monsters. But before we get into the episode with Okoma, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can subscribe everywhere that you listen to your podcast, so iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, etc. And if you are a longtime listener and you're loving what you listen to on this podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a review so that other women, other incredible listeners just like you can find this podcast as well. And since we're on the theme of children and money, I would love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com to check out our course on how to teach your children healthy money habits, specifically how to manage their money, how to build wealth, and how to become financially successful adults. This course will provide you, mom or dad, with actionable steps to teach your children between the ages of 3 to 18 about money. It's going to guide you as to how you can get your children involved with the process and how they can fall in love with building wealth. And it also includes lessons for you and your children to do together so that you can teach them about money while fostering that bonding time with your child. So head over to cleverwellfinance.com, click on courses and navigate down to the Teach Your Children About Money course and check it out. And finally, Finally, if you haven't already picked up your copy of the Clever Girl Finance book, what are you waiting for? Um, thank you so much to everyone who has sent feedback, who is enjoying the book, who has bought multiple copies to gift. I am so grateful and I'm so glad that the book is being impactful in your lives. If you still need to get a copy, you haven't picked up your copy yet, it is available everywhere books are sold. So you can find it online at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, in bookstores um, in the US and Canada. And you can also get it as an audiobook or ebook wherever you purchase your book. So check out the Clever Girl Finance book and you can always head over to clevergirlfinance.com slash book to learn more about the book. And you can also check out the photos from our book launch events. Yay. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this episode with Akoma. Enjoy listening. Hi, Akoma. Hey, Bola. I am so excited to be here today. How are you? Welcome to the Clever Girls No Podcast. Oh, I am really well. I'm excited to reconnect with you. Absolutely. So I was a guest on your podcast, I believe, last year sometime. Um, And it was such a pleasure talking to you and sharing money 
tips, having money conversation, and just being able to exchange ideas on, you know, building wealth, the things that we're doing as women to do that. And um, I'm excited to have you on the podcast because you've had a number of really major life transitions that we were just talking about before I hit record, um, the launch of your incredible, amazing children's book around finances, and also the fact that you have paid off all your student loans, which is amazing. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Girl, it took so long. <laughs> I mean, considering it, we had like $360,000 in student loans. Wow. That is, yeah. So we have to have another episode to talk about <laughs> that experience. Yeah, it was a legit you just dropped that one on me. And that's yeah. so exciting. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah, no, that was a big one for us. And it's opened up so much for us financially and just in life to not have that weight on our shoulders. Yeah, because you guys are now taking this opportunity to follow your dreams of moving, relocating to another country um, without the burden of debt. And you can only do this because you freed yourself from, you know, that debt burden that you were carrying for so long. So this is this is a classic example of why follow through is so worth it and how achieving financial freedom gives you options which is what you guys are taking advantage of now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, let's connect once we've been there for a while and I'll let you know how. how <laughs> well, you're on your way, you're doing it. So that in itself <laughs> is yes. incredible. We're very excited and the kids are excited. I think we've all been talking about this and dreaming about this for a long, long time. And so to have it come, to have a dream come true, I don't know if there's anything that feels better than that. That's amazing. So, On this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, teaching our children financial responsibility, talking to kids about money, especially as moms and making sure that we are setting them up to be, you know, well-rounded adults in the future, not just with their career and their education and with their values, but also with their finances, which is a really key aspect of overall well-being. And you are the author of an amazing new book called The Missing Money, Money Monsters. And um, I'm going to have you tell us about that book and your inspiration behind it. But before we, you know, kind of dive in, I'd love for you to share your personal story and your background with money and essentially what led you to this place where you're like, okay, I want to write a book to be able to help moms and help kids learn about money. So what, what was your money story and what was the inspiration that got you from that beginning stage to this, this stage now where you're now sharing um, this wealth of information? Yeah. So like a lot of people, I think it wasn't until I was in debt for the first time that I really started paying attention to my money. And it was that student loan debt. And up until that, I had always been a good saver. I'd never been good about investing. I think a lot of people struggle with investing. I'd always been good at like hoarding my money and making lots of money. I always had like lots of jobs. And then all of a sudden I found myself in my mid twenties with like six figures of student loans. And I didn't understand how someone like me who was quote unquote, so smart could end up in that position. And it was over the course of years that I did research. I got plugged into the personal finance community. That's where I met you. You know, it was all these wonderful relationships and self-education that allowed me to pay off my loans. And now people are asking me kind of, how did you do it? And they think it's because I was naturally good at it. They think it's because my parents taught me something their parents didn't teach them. 
Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning is it's not that it's what my parents taught me that was so powerful was the confidence and the curiosity to seek out the information I needed. And that's the message that I want to share with parents is you don't have to know everything. You don't even have to know anything like what you know is enough. All you have to do is create the space to have the conversations. And the reality is that, as you know, money is changing so quickly. Do you know what I mean? From like um, digital money to like, there's some basics of money that will never change, but the way we manage our money and the way money works will continue to evolve. So we as parents can't know everything and we can't expect you to teach our kids everything. But if we teach them that it's okay to ask questions, that it's okay to not know, that it's okay to just be curious and like have the confidence to think through these things and believe they can figure it out, that will serve them well forever, you know? And I was like, how do I do this? And of course I went like big, I was like, Oh, I'm going to create an app. Oh, I'm going to, you know what I mean? But then I was like, parents really share moments with their kids. You know what I mean? Like, what's the thing that's like, I don't know a single parent who hasn't read a book to their kid. You know what I mean? And I, so then I kind of pulled it back and I was like, what's the most basic way to get into those moments that parents are already sharing with their kids and kind of open up that space for conversation and empower parents to have those conversations and teach kids that it's okay to talk about money. It's okay to think about money. It's okay to have beliefs and to kind of work through those beliefs. And so from there, the book, the idea of the book was really boring. I mean, it was what I was naturally doing with my kids. It just took Mm -hmm. really my husband, to be honest, (laughs) to say, why are you making this so complicated? (laughs) Um, you know how that is when you think you're going to create something, you always are like, I'm going to create the biggest version possible. Um, and sometimes the solution is actually quite simple. And I love that you were intentional about wanting to create this type of experience, learning experience, share this moment with your kids, because a lot of times and not by intention, many people, many of us, we, um, don't really think about you know, creating a structured plan to teach our children about money. And it's not because we don't want to. It's Mm -hmm. because a lot of us were not raised that way, right? And it's also one of those things where it's kind of like, well, you figure this out as you get older. You just kind of know. You just kind of learn. Like once you get money, you kind of figure it out. Like there's countless, countless parents that I've talked to that will say to me, you know, well, I don't even worry about that right, right now because when they'll start when my kids start making money, they're going to have to learn whether they like it or not. So it's kind of like that thing where at some point you're going to have to figure this out, right? But what happens is that a lot of times that some point is after you've already made all these mistakes mm-hmm. and when you've already made decisions without having the insight to have made better decisions. So I really love the fact that you were intentional and you also thought about leveraging it as an experience to engage and spend time with your children. And that's awesome. And I'm glad that you can, um, you've been able to package that into, you know, a resource that now other people can use to do the same thing with their own children. And I love that you use the word intentionality because I think you probably know as well more than anybody is that we all have money stories, right? Like we all have beliefs about money and where did those come from? And so if we're not intentional as parents, then we have the risk of passing our bad money stories down to our kids unintentionally. Yeah, and it actually leads into my next question. I was going to ask you, which is, <laughs> what were some of the things that you remember um, learning about money specifically from your parents or, you know, the people that influence you growing up? Like, were there any, are there any key 
um, scenarios or experiences that you're like, oh my, that when you think back, you're like, oh yeah, that's the one, this is one thing that causes me to think this way about my finances, et cetera. For me, a big one was always money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> yes. And, and I get the point and I understand now what my parents were trying to communicate. But for me, that just led to such a scarcity mindset, which is actually why I always had like four jobs. Like I never thought that I was somebody who could have one job and be abundant and like make enough money. So I was constantly like scared that like I wouldn't have enough hours in my waitressing job. So let's also take on this other job. And I was as a result hoarding money and not even investing it because I was scared I was going to lose it. So it created a lot of scarcity and like fear for me around money, which is not their intention. And so I think that sometimes, you know, if you just throw out these cliches without thinking about the potential impact and like really working through those with your kids, you don't realize the impact (laughs) that it's having on their mindset. And so I try to think now better versions of that to share with my own kids. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. This, I mean, I've talked to a number of people where that whole scarcity mindset actually impacts like they are, they're saving all this money, but then it becomes this whole, you know, deeper package where it's like, okay, you're saving all this money. So you're a good saver, but you're not really spending any of your money. You're, you're carrying all this fear about your finances and that in itself um, can be an issue because it's, you know, financial wellness is not just about having a lot of money. It's, you know, and I think a lot of people who are in the spaces in the space of paying off debt or trying to save money um, to them, it's like, okay, I just need to have more money and have a lot of money. And then I'm financially well, but then there's a flip side of, of it. When you, you are in that space where you're financially well, you're saving, you're paying off your debt or you have no debt. Um, and you've reached that space where you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at peace with my, well, I'm at peace with my bank accounts, <laughs> but then there's the other side of it where it's like, okay, but I'm afraid to spend my money, but oh my God, I can't invest it. But oh my God, what if something happens? And there's that additional burden, you know, that your finances brings onto you, even though your money is kind of in a good position and you could position it better to do, you could position it to do better, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think for a lot of people who are like in, in debt or who are not in a financial position, they think money will solve the problem. Yes. And <laughs> don't realize that there are people who are sitting on $10 million who think they are going to be broke any day now, who are living yes. paycheck to paycheck because they are so, they too are so far in debt because they haven't managed their mindset and actually figured out how to live within their means and spend with the intention. Yeah. So it's, it's all about finding that true balance and mm-hmm. not balance according to what everybody says you should have or be doing or, you know, mm-hmm. balance according to what, eliminate stress and gives you peace around your finances where you're not perpetually worrying about not having money or having too much money or losing all your money. It's it's like this tightrope. Exactly. And like to bring it back to the kid's point, like as a parent, it's so easy when you're at the store and your kids want a new toy or whatever to say something like we don't have enough money or you have enough toys and kind of like dismiss it without really having that conversation with them about how you spend with intention and like you should Mm -hmm. plan ahead and you should like why you shouldn't just fill your house with things and kind of the burden that comes, you know, like everything in your house used to be money. And it's like, yeah, that's a very important point. Like, you know, it's very, very easy for us as parents to 
as parents to say, I can't afford that. I don't have money. Yep. And that's one of the things that I recognize because then my kids will say to me when they're talking to each other, well, mommy doesn't have money. We have mm-hmm. no money. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. That's and the point. The point. No, and I've literally heard my son say that to the other one. He'd be like, we don't have enough money for that. I'm like, it's not that we don't have enough money. <laughs> yeah. So, so now I've been more intentional about teaching them. Okay. We're not going to buy this in the grocery store because it's not on our list and it's not mm-hmm. tied to our budget. Or if we to buy the tour, like I, I let them know it's okay to spend money, but we yep. already have goals, we have plans. So we are buying socks this month and we have savings to do this month. I'm teaching them those things. And so when we go to the toy store and we only have $10 or we only have mm-hmm. $20, whatever you buy, you can buy whatever you want as long as it fits into that $20 bill that I've just given to you. You know, so it's it's yeah. teaching them um, those lessons. It's actually funny that we're talking that because I just recently did a mini interview podcast with my kids oh, <laughs> for, for the for the two minutes I could get them to sit still and I asked them a few questions about money so I'll share that on the podcast as well <laughs> oh, I love that I I should record the conversation I have my, with my kids on about you money should. because it's hilarious the things and my kids are pretty good about money because we talk about pretty high level stuff like we talk about financing and we talk about leverage <laughs> just because of like I'm a finance attorney by trade. And so that's what I do for work. And so that's how they learned about it in the first instance. But they wanted me to finance a bike for them. And I was like, I don't have a job. <laughs> how are you going to make your payments? I know. What about the interest? Exactly. <laughs> oh, how funny. That's, so kind of on that line, what are some of the specific things that you um, – recurrently sit down to have conversations with your kids about as it relates to money? Like, are they at the age where they're getting pocket money? Like what type of consistent or constant conversations do you have with them about um, their, their finances? So we have three levels of conversations with them really at this point. One is kind of their personal money and that's kind of the way they spend and that's getting them involved in in the day-to-day decisions we make around their spending. They're obviously not always interested, but where they are interested, usually with respect to their toys, we try to talk to them about things like value. Like, why do you think you can get 10 of these things for a dollar or for $10, but you can only get one of these, you know what I mean? And because sometimes I have one kid who's like a, a real hoarder, but he will get the 10 $1 items because he just wants more stuff. <laughs> like that's just his mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one, he will save all of his money to get the expensive thing. And they like, that's just their money mindset. Like that's just the way these kids are. And so I have to have different conversations with each of them about it's okay to spend less to the one who just wants to buy expensive things. And the cheap thing isn't always great just because you can get more of it. Mm-hmm. Um and then the kids also started their own business this year. So we talk a lot about... Oh, that's so awesome. Um, we got some chickens for them. And so they <laughs> raise the chickens and they sell the eggs to their teachers at school. And so I think that it's important to have really um, tangible conversations about the flow of money and value for them to see how money comes in and out of your lives. And one of our family money mantras is money flows. Uh, so that we don't feel scarcity around paying for things, nor do we feel, you know, we know money comes in our life and money goes out of our life and that that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, and then the last one is I talked to them a lot about goal setting and how we, as their parents have big goals for them, you know, this move to Costa Rica has been a big one for a long time and how we save towards that. And when we went to Costa Rica, we were house hunting, we explained to them, you know, these are the choices we would have to make if we got this house versus this house. And 
you know, the older one gets it. The younger one's actually more interested, but his attention span is much shorter. Um, and it's just for the audience. My kids are three and five. <laughs> so these are not like, these are not like preteens. <laughs> um, and so, but after we bought the house, they knew that we had put a huge down payment down. And so they knew that we were cutting back on like going out to restaurants and stuff. And so they were really like aware of that. And we told them it wasn't like a scarcity thing. It was a deliberate choice and it would last this long. And once we had rebuilt up our emergency fund, you know, we would, things would go back to normal. And so that we didn't create fear around the scarcity, but they understood why we were cutting back on certain things. It was for a reason. And they were part of that bigger thing. Like they went house hunting with us, you know, and we showed them pictures and we kept them involved and they get to like look at bunk beds they're going to put in their new room, you know? And I think that's true for adults as much for kids. Like if you put feelings around the goals, it's a lot easier. You give, you give the goal some sense. Yeah. And that's, that makes a whole world of difference as to even how you, you may not even see it now, but you're shaping the money mindset of this child, even though you're behaving in certain ways right now, because they're, because you're explaining to them that this scarcity is not because you're explaining the reason for the scarcity, right? It could be because you're moving to another country because I lost a job because we're saving for a new car, whatever it is, you're giving them context Mm -hmm. around what it is. And it's not just we don't have money. We never have money. My whole family never has money. I'm always broke. I'm just meant to be broke. You know, it's because that thing kind of cascades into, well, mom and daddy always say they never have money. That means we never have money. And then as you get older, it's like, you know, my parents never had money. Why should I ever have money? But you may not have gotten the context of, okay, the reason that they didn't have money was because they were saving for this or they were paying off this or they were doing that so that it's not just that your, your family was cursed with being broke because they always said they were broke. It's because of particular things. I think, you know, a lot of times we look at our children like, Oh, they're too small to understand. Or why should I have to explain myself to this child? Like, Oh, please, you know, like we dismiss Mm -hmm. it very easily, but there's so much value in just including your children in the conversation, even if you don't give them all the details, but just allowing it to make sense because in their heads, as little as they may see my five-year-olds, they piece things together. Like I Mm -hmm. conversations they have with each other. Um, oh at age, and there's some things that I, I tell my husband, like, oh my god, I can't believe that these kids actually understood yep. what was happening, even though I didn't even give them the full picture. So, like, their kids are smart, and we need to give them credit for that, and we need to give them context. And so, you know, as they get older, you can give them more information. And sometimes the conversations, especially with older kids, might be difficult ones for you to have. Right. Because a lot of times as parents, we want to be the role model and we don't want to look like we've made poor decisions. Um, But it's also important that we're not showcasing constant perfection to our kids Mm -hmm. and trying to glamorize our mistakes, because a lot of times they see through it, too. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's really I like that you have two different conversations with your kids because they're now they are two they're they are two unique and different individuals. And that's really important. And I just want to highlight two of the things you said that were so good. And one of them was around your kids putting together stories. So if you're not helping them develop those stories, they're making them up on their own. They'll create their own narrative. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So whether or not you do it, the story is going to be there. And then the other thing is that not everyone's going to have the same comfort level. And the sooner you start having these conversations, the easier it is as they get older. Because otherwise you have the tendency of creating money confusion because a lot of parents will feel guilty about money scarcity. And so they'll spend on their kids. 
And so their kids hear their parents saying there's no money, but they still see stuff coming in for them. And they don't understand what that means, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yes, that's such a great point. Because people feel a lot of guilt about not being able to give their kids the birthday party or to get their kids the new shoes, you know, whatever the case may be. And so the kids are often an area where people really struggle to cut back. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. So it's like conversation context for your children can make all the difference. And when you get older, your kids will now be able to have those conversations with you about money and you know like some you know one of the things we talked about before we started recording Okoma was the challenge and I'm going to ask you that in the next question was a challenge that you know some moms have or parents in general have because it's like okay who am I to talk to my kids about money when I'm still trying to figure out paying off my debt I'm still trying to figure out like this mess I got myself into I'm still trying to figure out how to get a better paying job I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to plan out pay my student loans like there's all these things that are good why why am I even in a good position to teach my kids when I don't even know this yet um but you do you can teach your kids right while you are in the learning process and so one of the things I wanted you to share was I guess tips tips for moms who are listening who are in that space where they're like okay I am getting my finances together I'm figuring out you know starting to save or paying off my debt or you know finding a better paying job or starting a business I don't know the answers to everything um but I still want to be able to set my kids up well what kind of tips would you give because you've got you've done a lot of things you paid off your student loans while you had children you started your business, um, you know, with kids. So what are some tips you would give someone going through that transition process, growth process, learning process, at the same time, wanting to pass down valuable lessons to their children? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. And I think that the first thing is to commend people for going through that process. I think that the fact that people are already thinking about their money and they're going through that transition and they're tackling their debt, that in itself is something worth passing on to your kids, right? It's the ability to manage your money and overcome mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes. And so I think that in itself is commendable. And I read a statistic once that said that only 20% of people with or high... Um, financial literacy, high income um, earners, only 28% of them rely solely on their parents for financial advice. So that might sound like bad news because it may sound like they don't need us, like that's terrible. But what that means is as parents, most people who do well aren't going to rely on you solely. All you're doing is setting them up. And so my tip would be one, to create intentionality around having money conversations with them in your everyday life. It doesn't need to be like every Friday at two o'clock, we have a money talk. It's just when you're going to the grocery store, when you're going through the food, like food aisle and they want to snack, like talking to them about value and pricing, you know, and then two, it's about creating a dialogue. So it's back and forth. It's not just you teaching them. It's you understanding kind of the money mindset they're developing because if I hadn't asked my kids, I wouldn't know that they had completely different money personalities. I honestly didn't know three and five-year-olds already had money personalities. (laughs) Um, But they do, and they're completely, and the way they think about money is completely different. So like, why is this a toy you pick versus this toy? Like, what if I told you you could get two of these toys? Like, does that change anything for you? And some kids will get it right away and other kids, like, they're like, nope. (laughs) I don't care. That's what I want. And so you want to open the conversation and not just make it you lecturing to them. 
And then the third thing is really, I would say, bring resources into the fold. You know, you don't need to know everything. So whether it's my book or another book, whether it's workbooks, whether it's podcasts, there's lots of resources out there. You don't have to be the sole curator of all the information for your children. You are the filter and you're the person who kind of helps them guide towards the information they need in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're somebody who's already listening to this podcast, you already know the value of that. And so it's now just remembering and bring your kids into the fold. I love that. I love those tips that you shared. And I do think that your book is a great resource. <laughs> so I'd love for you to kind of talk us through like, what's the context without giving away the entire gist of the book? Cause obviously, you know, you guys should go out and get it. It's, it's beautifully illustrated by the way. It, it is a book that your kids will really love to read and stay engaged with. It's so beautiful. Whoever did your illustration, like kudos to that person. It's amazing. Um, but what's the context? Like, why did you pick this particular story and this particular theme and, you know, give us a little bit of insight to um, the book. Yeah. So my dreams for this book to be a series and that's my ultimate goal. Um, but I really was trying to think if I only did one book, what's the thing that I think is most confusing for kids. That's a fundamental building block for money conversations. And for me, it was the connection between paper money and digital money (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I think adults have issues with that. You know what I mean? Like the fact that when you, like, it's hard to explain to a kid that when you charge a credit card, that that's real money. It's real money. <laughs> understand the connection between paper money and digital money, right? Like, that's the building block for all of it. Um, that even though you can't see the money, the numbers on a screen, like, mean something. <laughs> and for so many of, if your kids are under the age of 10, the likelihood that they're going to be dealing with a lot more digital money is like, than we are today is 100%, Right. Um, and so I wanted that to be the foundational piece of the, um, the potential series, because I wanted to introduce kids to the idea of how money works in the system to dissuade, um, fears around the banking industry. And then I also threw in little lessons about interest because, you know, being a financial lawyer, I always want to, I want to remind people that there's ways to earn money out and that you shouldn't just save for the sake of saving, but you should also invest so you can grow your money. And I always say that my, the goal with these books is to help kids grow interest in their money. Um, and, and it was important to me that the, the family was diverse. And I want to thank you so much for your compliments on the illustrator, because it was important to me that the illustrator was also a person of color because I wanted this project to be something that lifted up voices mm-hmm. at every level, yeah. you know, and there's so many wonderful creative talents out there that don't get seen. And so that was so important to me. And it was important to me that the person who knew about money in the stories is a woman of color. So you always find the mom and she's the one always sitting Kai down to explain <laughs> how <laughs> money works and nothing against dads, but I think we have lots of uh, examples out there of, of men who, understand money. And it's important for kids to see examples of strong women who understand money and are comfortable talking about money and comfortable in their ability to earn and to save and to lead the conversation. So I tried to tackle all of that in a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job. It's it's an awesome book. So you guys should definitely check it out. And Akoma, you'll be sharing where we can pick it up in just a few minutes. But before um, we get to that, I'd love for you to share what is your Clever Girl superpower? Yeah, and I think that my clever clever girl superpower, honestly, is an ability to digest 
I'm an attorney, huge amounts of information and translate that into easily digestible pieces. That's for myself, that's for my family, and that's for kind of the audience that I serve today. And so I love content. I love consuming content and anything I can do to get that content out in the world is a pleasure of mine. I love that. (laughs) And where can folks find you, learn more about you, find the book, keep up with any future books you release, et cetera? Yeah, so the books... You can find us on our website at moneymonstersbooks.com, but the book's also available for pre-order now on Amazon. At um, You can just look it up, The Missing Money, at my name, Akoma Maroney Schreiner, and you'll find it there. That's awesome. Well, I'll put all these links in the show notes and I encourage you guys, if you're a mom, you definitely want to pick up this book. It is such an awesome book and it's also beautiful. It is something that you can display in your kid's room on their bookshelf and they'll want to reach for it. And it teaches them valuable lessons, which is really important, especially as it relates to, you know, money and, you know, long-term well-being. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Akoma. Oh, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure and congratulations on your book. Thank you very much. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode with Akoma and you are inspired to go and start working with your children on helping them develop their money mindsets. And as I mentioned earlier, stop by clevergirlfinance.com and check out our course on how to teach your children healthy money habits. This course is designed for moms who have kids between the ages of three and 18, and it provides you with tips, tricks, and exercises that you can do with your children to teach them financial responsibility. And if you're loving this podcast, please subscribe. You can subscribe everywhere you listen to your podcasts and be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women, other amazing listeners just like you can find this podcast as well. So I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.